Welcome to the Lingostown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. In this week's sermon, Pastor George preaches about having your 12 closest friends and people you can trust around you and why it is important to have a circle of friends to help you grow in faith and in life. This message was originally preached at Lingostown Life on August 21st, 2021. So, how are you doing on your list of 12 people? Some of you haven't even pulled out the piece of paper. I can tell looking around here you haven't even started, but I'm going to ask you one more time. Make a list of your 12 people, okay? How are you doing at compiling a list of your 12 friends? Okay. Now, yesterday afternoon, I was listening to a podcast from uh, Greg McEwen, and uh, he was talking about friends and about how you know who a friend is. And, And he offered something that I think is a great test to sort of understand who your friends really are. Here's what Greg said that made me stop what I was doing and write it down. He said, if you don't know why someone is suffering, you don't know that person. If you don't know why someone is suffering, you don't know that person. Now, there's some some background to that that we all need to reflect on, and and that is that everybody's suffering. There there isn't a person in here this morning, there isn't a person who's joining us online today who isn't suffering. There is something, there is something that is going on deep down inside here in everyone's life. The reality is that for most of us, we walk around completely oblivious to what's happening in people's lives, even people that we might say, well, that's my friend. If you don't know why someone is suffering, you don't know that person. So, so I share that this morning while you're working on your list of your 12 people because I want to know, are you writing down the names of people that you know are suffering? You know, I, I, I thought about this and I, 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 I love the fact that, that I have 1,061 friends, is that what it is? Huh? 16,016 friends. But I wonder how many of them know what's, what's really in here. Uh, I count all of you as my friends, but you don't know everything in here. It's okay. I'm not chastising anybody. I'm not, not trying to make you feel bad or, you know. I'm just, I'm just challenging you to think about this. We think we have a lot of friends. 
but who, who are the ones that you know what they're suffering? What if we use that as the measure of who our friends really are? The number of people that we can list on that list of 12 friends might be hard, might be a challenge. But I think, I think we need to understand a lesson today, and that is that, that, that we, can, we can have that kind of knowledge with maybe about 12 people, 12, 15 people, the sociologists tell us. And, and as we've been learning throughout this series, we're learning from Jesus' life that there are groups of people, circles of people that are needed in our lives. We need that one, that, that relationship with Jesus. We need those three people, those three people that, that we have the ultimate trust in, that we, can, we know that we could bear our heart to that person and they would treat it with kindness and love and compassion. But we also need our twelve. We need our 12, just like Jesus needed his 12. Let me, let me share with you Jesus' 12, okay? And we're going to talk about them here in just a moment. But let me read from Luke chapter 4. So good if I was on the right page here. Uh, starting with, uh, where are we here? That's not right. Oh, that's why. I wrote the wrong number down there. There we go. Now I'm on the right page. My apologies. It's Luke chapter 6. Did I write Luke chapter 4? Pull that up on, yeah, it's probably wrote the wrong verse. Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16, it says this. One, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. Now, what's Jesus modeling for us here? his one essential relationship. We talked about this two weeks ago, and you can go back and watch the message if you weren't here. Uh, Jesus went to pray. He didn't make a choice, a decision. He didn't do anything until he knew what his father thought. So on one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and it was so important, he spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him. Now, let's just stop there for a second. Recognize that there were more than 12 disciples Okay, Jesus had a whole raft of people who were following him around at this time. It wasn't just these 12 guys whose names we're going to read in a moment. There, were, there was a, a whole community of people who were traveling with Jesus. So he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them who he designated as apostles. And so then here comes the list. Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became 
a traitor. That was the most unique group of people that Jesus could have ever selected, okay? Um, you just look around, okay? Th this is the kind of group that Jesus would put together, okay? A very unique ragtag bunch of people that maybe anywhere else you would not see together. But uh, the first thing I want you to know is that they weren't the brightest group, okay? They weren't the brightest group. Um, the brightest people in, in Jewish society, they were sort of lifted up, and they were, they were given the opportunity to continue their education. Uh, we, we see this oftentimes with, uh, with rabbis and their disciples, and, and they would take the best of the best, and then, the, then, then they would go after that, and they would sort of choose some more best of the best, and, and everybody who wasn't part of the best of the best, they went home and they did whatever their, their father did, okay? So these guys, many of them are fishermen. And why are they fishermen? Because that's what their family did for a living. They weren't the best of the best of the best. So just remember that. If you ever wonder why Jesus chose you, Jesus chooses ordinary, everyday people, just like you, just like you, just like you. Jesus chose ordinary people for his 12. So they're not the brightest. Uh, James and John, there's another, another place in the Gospels where we get this list of, of apostles, and uh, it, it, there is a little note in the, in the text there that says James and John got a, got a nickname from Jesus. He called them the sons of thunder, okay? H have you ever met two little boys that you could name the sons of thunder? Okay, you may have met the sons of thunder before. Um, there might be some daughters of thunder out there too, but uh, sons of thunder, they're, they're the ones that, that are running around, making a lot of noise, probably getting into a lot of trouble. Just, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about? They're the sons of thunder, okay? So imagine these these crazy boys that are just constantly, I mean, they're probably the kind that are fighting. They're probably the kind that are pulling pranks on each other. They're the sons of thunder, and they're the people that Jesus chose for his 12. And speaking of people with reputations, there's Matthew, the tax collector. Okay, nobody likes a tax collector today, right? My apologies to anybody who's ever been a tax collector in the room. People just don't like tax collectors, okay? Jesus chose a tax collector, the most despised and hated person next to the dentist, okay? Just a little thing I learned a long time ago. Dentists have the lowest self-esteem of anybody because nobody likes the dentist, right? Well, nobody likes a tax collector either. And so Jesus chose this guy, this guy who, 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 had, who had sort of gone to the other side, okay? He had gone to the dark side. He was, he was a puppet of the Romans, and he was collecting as much as he could from the other Jewish people in his community. And so nobody probably would have liked Matthew, but Jesus did, and he chose him. 
And, and then he also chose a guy named, what's his name? Uh, Simon, Simon the, do you know what the word was? Simon the Zealot, okay? Uh, do you, anybody know what a zealot is? A zealot is one of those people who will go to any length, including killing you, because he wants to change the regime, okay? Uh, don't go there, no. So anyway, there, there, are, there are zealots in every generation, okay? There are zealots in every generation, and Jesus had one who was on his team, and if you stop and think about it, can you imagine what the staff meetings must have looked like when Matthew was on one side of the table and Simon the Zealot was on the other side? These guys were sworn enemies of one another. And yet Jesus chose them to be part of his twelve. I, I, I just want you to understand who some of these people were that Jesus chose to be part of the 12. Um, there was one time that the gospel writers tell us that they were fighting about who was the greatest, okay? Who's the king of the mountain here? These 12 guys could not understand what humility was about. They were more interested in puffing up their chests and saying, I'm the greatest, okay? So I'm not quite sure that they got the message that Jesus was trying to tell them. And remember the Passover, the last supper that Jesus had with these guys? They, they went like running past the, past the bowl of water where you washed people's feet. And they ran to get the best seat at the table. This was the kind of guys that Jesus chose to be his twelve. And then there's the doubter Thomas and the fact that they all ran away in the end, right? And then why select a guy that you know is going to betray you? But Jesus had him on the team. Jesus knew what he was doing. He'd spent a whole night in prayer to select his 12, the people that were going to be closest to him. And, and I think what, what we learn about this is that, that sometimes our 12 aren't the 12 brightest. They may, they may hold different views than us. They may, they may approach life from a whole different perspective than we do. But sometimes... That's why we need those 12 people around us. And as we think about that, uh, you know, think about when you read through the Gospels, you, you, you take a look at how much time Jesus spent with people, and Eugene Peterson, who, who wrote the, the, who wrote the, uh, the message translation of, of Scripture that we sometimes read from, he, he made this observation. He said, Jesus spent one-tenth of his time with the crowd and nine-tenths of his time with his disciples. Jesus had a priority on these 12 people. He was discipling them in the everyday rhythms of life. He, he, wasn't worried about, he wasn't worried about sitting them down in a classroom and teaching them. They learned 
on the job. They learned in the field. They learned wherever they might happen to be. So who are your 12? Who are your 12? Now, the introverts among you, okay, the introverts among you, you all might say, I can just hold three people, okay? <laughs> That's plenty for me, right? Okay? My wife's an introvert, okay? Believe it or not, she is. And I'm completely opposite. But anyway, sometimes you think, I'll just settle with three, three people, you know? Reality is, some folks have studied these things, and over the last, well, the last few decades, but especially over the last two years, the, the number of friends that people have have declined. Friendships are declining significantly, and a, a study was done of like 30 to 40-year-olds, and they found a very significant portion of them all indicated that they had lost touch with friends during the pandemic. So maybe it's a good time to ask ourselves one more time, who are my 12? Because maybe you've lost some of them during these last few years. And it's time maybe to reevaluate who are my 12. So let me offer you a few thoughts on that this morning to think about who your 12 are. The first one is that, that the 12 are people that you trust. And we talked a lot about this last week, about needing to find those three people that we, that we trust because we have, we have integrity, we have good communication, there's accountability, all of those things, and there is truthfulness. We need people we can trust. And why? Because in our 12, we are going to open up our lives and let people look inside. So we need people we can trust. Your 12, your 12 are people with whom you do life together. Okay? They're not just 12 people that you have randomly friended on Facebook. Okay? They are not just people that you are acquainted with. They're not just people that from time to time you see each other and go, oh, hi, you know. These are people that you do life together with, okay? You may not, like, be at the same job the whole time. You may not, you may not see each other every day. You may see each other once a month. But these are people that you do life together with. You know, I, I've seen so many, so many posts lately of, of people who, who are, are playing ball together, whether it's baseball or soccer or doing all those kind of things together. You do life together. Might be a good clue where you can find your 12 people. Your 12 people are also encouragers. So as you're looking at your list of those 12 names, have you found 12 people who are encouraging to you? I, I want to ask you to just, just think about this this way. Go back in your, in your past week, and let me ask you to think about this. Who encouraged you this past week? 
Who encouraged you this past week? Who said something positive to you? Who told you that you could do it this past week? Now, if you really want to be challenged, let me ask you to think about it this way. How many people did you encourage this week? How many people did you say to them, you've got this, you can do this? How many people did you encourage this week? The 12 are encouragers in your life, but the 12 are also truth-tellers. They're truth-tellers, and we need people to be truth-tellers in our lives. You know, there's this idea that, hey, it's just Jesus in me. If it's just Jesus in me, that's not going to cut it. Because what we need in our lives is accountability. We need people who are going to tell us the truth. And a just me and Jesus, our fine kind of mentality, is not going to cut it in the long term. Your 12 are people who share a similar purpose in life. They have a similar purpose in life. They may not have the, the, same, the same jobs, they may not have the same kind of, uh, of life plans, but they have a shared purpose for life. And, and for, for me, I think that shared purpose is that we want to grow as disciples, and that's the last thing I want to talk about this morning, that your 12 are people who are pursuing a relationship with Jesus by pursuing a relationship with with those 12 people. Now, I, I want you to notice something that I said here that they are pursuing a relationship with Jesus. That doesn't necessarily mean that all the people who are going to make up your 12 are necessarily going to be spiritual giants. They may be people, they might be people who are still struggling to understand what's this Jesus thing all about. And I think it's important for us to stop and think about that list of 12 because we don't just want an echo chamber to be a part of our 12. We want some people that are going to challenge us. I mean, think about Jesus having to work with Matthew and, and Simon the Zealot, okay? Do you think it was easy teaching them to love their enemies? Not at all. It was hard. And, and he had a lot of work to do. So, who are your 12? Now, one thing I think it's important for us to recognize is, is that this isn't our 12. And we're going to talk about we're going to talk about this next week as our 120. But, but I just want to tell you, this isn't your 12. Okay. There may be people here who are part of your 12, but this, the rose, this isn't 12. The fact that you're sitting here all looking at me, that proves that this is not your 12. Because your 12 need to be in a circle. They need to be in the circle of life, okay? Holding up Simba here, you know, okay? They need to be in your circle of life. Listen to what it says in Acts chapter 2. 
Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere your hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That, folks, is where 12 makes a difference. It's in the everyday part of life, and it's in the times when we circle up around tables, not just sitting in rows. So have you built a community like Jesus built around himself? Take a look at that list of 12 names that you've been working on since the beginning this morning. Have you built around you a community like Jesus built? Now, let me tell you, it's essential. It's essential for your health. Doctors, doctors have figured out somehow that, that having a community around you, like your 12, it, it is so good for you that it, that it makes your health, your physical and mental health better. I, I read something that said that people who are lonely, it's almost as though they were smoking a pack of cigarettes every day. That's how bad it is for your health if you're alone. But when you have your 12 around you, it gives health to you physically and mentally. That 12 is essential as well for your faith because they are the ones who help you to experience transformation. We are a community of faith. And in that community of faith, we find these little groups of 12 people who do what? who help us experience the grace of God that transforms us. And when we do those 12 people well, well, it inspires others to become disciples of Jesus as well. It's also essential, it's essential for your journey through life. Folks, life is not easy, okay? Y'all are living proof of that right now, right? Life is not easy. And you need 12 people in your life. You, you need 12 people to journey with you day in and day out. That small group of people, they might be people from church. They might be the people from the gym. They might be the people from work. They might even be your neighbors. But the reality is you need a 12 as essential as the one is, as essential as the three is, those 12 are just as essential for every day of your life. So take what we've been talking about today and over these last few weeks and go down through that list. And if you can't name your 12, well, let's see what we can do about helping you find those 12. Join me in a word of prayer.
Thank you for joining us on the Linglestown Life Podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope you will leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more on www.linglestownlife.org. God bless you, and may you go forth and love God and love others.